I, I kind of like share. I like sharing that. That's that's you know my weekend thing. I like to make my little videos. It's kind of like a moment to myself, you know, with the grill. Hey everybody, and welcome to Slow Smoke Business. I'm your host Jared Morgan. I gotta tell you, I'm pretty pumped up about this show uh, today because we have my new friend Terry on the show. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. And he, uh, Terry Oliva, is from grillculture.com, and he has uh, all sorts of cool content on how to grill, how to make delicious things. All Everything on his, his channel is all things meat. And so I got to admit, Terry, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous about this show <laughs> because I'm, most of my episodes are – mostly me talking business or whatever and then you know i get a little off topic and people trying to get me back on when i want to talk about the grill and this episode is going to be the exact opposite i think we're going to be talking mostly meat this episode well i like that this is my comfort zone so i'm very happy because that way i'm not going to have to talk too much about business either so <laughs> that's good <laughs> Terry, your perspective on grilling, you're you're in Orange County, um, mm -hmm. and so you've got the California. So as soon as I as soon as I was like, oh my God, he's in Orange County, thank God I didn't try to make tri-tip, right? Because tri-tip <laughs> is like the king of grilling in California. But I'm close, right? I'm actually making a picanha today, um, which is similar, uh, and I'm hoping you're going to be kind when we start start looking at this thing. Oh, it looks good already, so... <laughs> yeah, okay, let's get a little sneak peek. So this is uh, an episode where I actually started this ahead of time, uh, and if you're watching along uh, on YouTube or Facebook, uh, you can see we scored the top, and we had this beautiful fat cap on there. We've got some... We've got that rendering kind of on the top there, and I love picanha because it... Um, I don't know. It's just like, you know, it's just an easy way to make a cut of beef and slice it and make sandwiches or do a lot of different things with it. But it's not like steak, right, where you have to treat it like a steak and you've got all the things that go into making a steak. You can do all sorts of things with that. And um, plus, it's fun to say picanha. Right, which is which is a good one. So I, I want to get your <laughs> thoughts on seasoning. OK, so I seasoned this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with um, Malcolm Reed and how uh -huh. to barbecue right. Yeah, uh, he's he's amazing. So I got his AP seasoning, which really comes off as kind of a um, brisket style seasoning. Right? Gotcha. Hashtag not a sponsor, Malcolm. Please get on the show. What are you doing? <laughs> get on my show. Um, and then I found this one online, which I mixed it in there uh, from Derek Wolf. Which apologies to Derek. I don't know. I don't know Derek, but I I know his seasoning. This is a maple bourbon. Um, which feels like pandering to me to cut to because to, to, I love both all things bourbon and it has this wonderful sweet flavor. So I thought it would be really neat to mix kind of the salty peppery uh, seasoning from what is kind of like a brisket rub with a sweet, you know, paprika laden kind of color giving uh, rub there. So that's what we put on that and we'll see how it turns out here in a few minutes. So Terry, what's your, um, favorite thing to grill right now like what is your like right now what is your, i know that probably evolves if you're like me but if you if i was to tell you like go you want to cook something this weekend what's your what's your go-to well as a matter of fact i'm making tri-tip so. <laughs> okay all right which all right so so is that your thing you really like tri-tip 
I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's an easy one for the whole family. You know, I, I have two young kids, and I guess like most of the young kids, they're pretty picky when it comes to food. So it's one of the, the very few recipes where we can all agree on, and, and we don't need to make three separate meals. So I, <laughs> I, it's an easy one to make, and I make it sous vide. So I oh, just wow. like, okay. I cook it 24 hours, take it out, and I just put it on the grill. It's done. Sous vide so. sounds hard. It's really not. Like I, the the in in you, it's I don't want to say it's I'm sure you can jack up sous vide, but like I I have never every time I've ever done it I've been like why am I cooking any other way, right? It's <laughs> right? just so you can't you can't dry something out. It's not possible for the moisture to leave, right? And um, gosh, you take it out. Do you do you when you take it out? Do you sear it or anything like that when you get done? I do. Yeah. I mean, it looks ugly if you don't. So. Right. I, I just can't look at it. I'm like, I, I, I can't eat that. <laughs> right. I have to have a nice sear on it. So do you often use the sous vide? Uh, I've used it. I don't want to say often. I use it a few times. And I will. so I'm from the south, right? And so uh -huh. I get some strange looks sometimes where I'm like, hey, listen. They're like, wait a minute, you going to boil that steak, boy? You know, like, <laughs> you going to boil that steak? And I'm like, no, 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 listen, sous vide. And... Um, there's a and so I've done it with steak a few times. Uh, it's probably the, the most common thing I'll do if I sous vide something, and it's just outstanding because you can get it to the exact temperature that you want the internal temperature to be and sort of keep it there, and then you pull it out, sear it, you know, maybe season it just a touch more, and then you're ready to go. And it's just perfectly tender and juicy. It's fantastic. And but I'd never heard of anybody doing tri tip on that. Yeah, I, you know what? It's the same thing. I felt the same way when I started sous vide. I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so complicated. And all that fancy equipment seems like it must be like hundreds of dollars just to buy a sous vide machine. It just turned out to be super cheap. Yeah. So I started making my trites. I could never really get it done the way I wanted, like really done properly on the inside and with a nice crust on the outside. I would either get it too cooked on the outside and not enough on the inside or the other way around. So I started sous vide, and then um, it, I, I never got it wrong that way. So I just stuck to it. So unless if I'm going to really smoke uh, like hours, uh, like, a, like a brisket or something, I'm, I'm yeah. usually using sous vide. So and I, I sort of jumped into, we just started talking about sous vide. For those that don't know what sous vide is, can you tell them what that is? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it's a, it's a French technique that was invented a long time ago. I don't really remember when. But basically, the idea is just that you have that little cylinder that you put in a, in a bucket of water and you just kind of like keep the water at a set temperature. So the, the sweet spot is the 130 degrees because this is where the fats start rendering. So if you have any cut of beef uh, that, that has a little bit of marbling, that's a great method because um, that's the only way you can really maintain that steady temperature for a long period of time and get it to like, render perfectly. And then you just give it a little sear because otherwise it really looks ugly and doesn't taste as good. So I like yeah. to have that smoky flavor on the grill. So, so that's the, the nice little finished touch. It's great. Now, I got So this is of all episodes for this to happen on. This is great. So. I, uh, we're probably a hundred ish episodes into slow smoke business. And this is the first time I use a pellet grill. I have an error code on my pellet grill right now. I'm trying to finish this piece of meat <laughs> and it has like, it's a computer program. It has given me an error code. So let me see what's going on here. Let me turn it, you know, 
the tech world shows me the old turn it off and turn it back on again thing. <laughs> How about that? And we're out of pellets. How about that, big time? We're, oh, we're doing that, <laughs> that may explain a lot of stuff. Do you do you ever pellet grill in your uh, in your repertoire? While I, I put more pellets I in mine, uh, I, I've been using those uh, pellet uh, smoking tubes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like um, steak, uh, steak rice. If you want to have that big, intense, smoky flavor, then I just put the pellet tube right underneath, and it just like smokes slowly for about an hour. It gives it an amazing taste. But other than that, I've never used it. So I'm I'd actually love to hear your, I'm actually, your feedback on it. Well, for me, I'm actually putting pellets in right now. This is. I've never done this on the show before, this much behind-the-scenes stuff. But uh, you just pour the pellets here in the hopper, right? And these mm-hmm. are um, – this is like a – which one is this? This is a, uh apple, actually, which, you know, I think – I don't know. I, people people say, oh, you got to use this wood or that wood. I think mm. sometimes you can tell the difference, um, but it's very subtle. And it depends on what you're cooking, whether you're actually going to be able to tell the difference in – the wood but what this thing does is it pushes the pellets through a little auger and heats them up and they smoke and it creates heat and smoke but you can really really control the um you can control the temperature you can control the amount of smoke that you get you put Mm -hmm. some temperature probes in there that are digitally monitored and just for my lifestyle like this makes so much sense for me um because I'm busy, I'm running a couple of businesses, raising kids, do some charity work, all this other stuff. Everything's going on, but I love to grill. And so, you know, a, a ceramic grill, which is a lot of fun, but there's so much prep work that goes into, you know, trying to get the thing to the right temperature exactly, and to keep yeah. it there. It's too much. And so then I started like years ago, I started using the ceramic grill, but then I got one of those digital fans that would like measure uh-huh. the temperature and keep pushing more air in there and i'm like how is this different than a pellet grill at this point <laughs> right yeah, it's just yeah. it's just not <laughs> so uh, the purists out there say this isn't this isn't real grilling whatever you're not in my backyard you know so <laughs> that's uh that's what i do what do you like to cook on i i'm using the the pk grill i don't know if you know it's kind of like probably similar to the ceramic grill that you were having, because I'm using the same thing. I just have that fan that's like blowing yeah. the air in it. Uh, but I, I love it. I just I just really like the the shape of it. I like, you know, standing by the grill and smelling the smoke. But I totally hear it. I mean, with two kids at home, two young kids, being a full-time teacher, I have the same problem. <laughs> oh, I can Sometimes imagine. Sometimes you just don't have the time for it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, and you're also a full-time teacher. Now, I'd love to hear... You know, it's so cool to to hear somebody's story um, when you take a passion like you have for cooking and and grilling meat and cooking meat um, and you turn it into something like uh, grill culture. So tell me how you got into this and where that kind of came from. Oh, well, I mean, I'm come I'm I'm from a family of foodies. So since since I'm a kid, I mean, I remember my mom was cooking. She was usually she was I think she's the one who kind of brought that whole international take on on cooking, uh, she was making uh, recipes from France, making recipes from Africa, recipes from Asia. So she could do anything. Like I, I was always amazed by how much she could she could make. And 
and my dad was the grill guy. But uh, for for my dad, grilling was throwing meat on the grill, and when it's brown enough, you just take it out. So I, I kind of grew <laughs> up like thinking, "Hey, that's grilling." <laughs> I think that's but that's that's how it was a lot for a lot of people. Like you know, 30, 40 years ago, I don't I don't the, the culture wasn't like we didn't have all the like social media guys and the the food channel and all these things like really hammering home like man not only is this delicious but you can do that too yeah 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 no absolutely i mean i found out about all that equipment when i arrived here 2013 i arrived with um with my wife and we just settled down in in, in orange county and one of my friends invited me and it's like oh i'm gonna make filet mignon i'm like oh that's easy you know <laughs> i just went there and i saw his thing and like a huge machine was like cables that were going everywhere and probe and it was like that sweet piece of meat i was like it was melting in my mouth i was like you know what i was not grilling i was just burning meat (laughs) (laughs) and there are there are some things that you can like a like a i mean look there's nothing better than a backyard hamburger and Uh and when you're grilling a hamburger like i don't know is the especially if the patty's pretty thin like do we is the temperature all that sensitive? Nah, not really. Especially you're serving it to the family. It's probably not that big a deal. Now, if you're making a big juicy one, maybe. But to your point, with steak, um, with with other things, it is the way you the way you cook something, how long you cook it. So for me, when I really got into kind of the smoking thing, which is that's what they say. Like when you get to a certain age, you either get into like World War II history or smoking meats, right? And so that kind of <laughs> went the smoking meat direction, right? Um, but when I got into it, like I, I was fascinated with it isn't just about when you're smoking something, it isn't just about getting something to temperature. It's about how much smoke you can get to travel over the outside of that piece of meat to permeate into the fibers of that of the matter there so that you get that flavor infused into it. And when you cut into it and you see the smoke ring, you can see that. But if you do too much, you can blacken the outside. Like it's, it's kind of this delicate dance. And regardless of whether you're doing it over, you know, in a pellet grill, which is digital, um, or you're doing it in a ceramic or you're like Aaron Franklin down in Austin, Texas, who's like the goat. Right. And he's down, he's down there making brisket and he's literally like, stacking logs together right regardless of that it's all sort of the same concept you're traveling smoke over meat and you're trying to get it to a temperature in a certain way so that it is tender and flavorful and moist and all of that that's my i mean that's that's my that's my manifesto of 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 what it's about oh yeah no absolutely yeah yeah so what are you when when you um when you have people over, this is one of the things I wanted to ask you. When you so you, you told me about like, oh, I love to make tri-tip and everything else for my kids. But like, if you're hosting a party or you've got ten or fifteen people over, and they're like, oh, Terry, put some on the grill. What do you like to do in those situations? Oh, you know, I, I to be perfectly honest, I tried that. That was such a nerve-wracking thing. I my in-laws are usually coming at home, and when they arrive, when they just like step into the house they want food like right away <laughs> really hungry. So when you're grilling on coal it's kind of like hard so one time i was making a brisket and um it, it just didn't turn out to be what i wanted to and my mother-in-law was freaking out <laughs> she was ah! yelling at me for food <laughs> my wife was upset at me the kids were hungry and and then i was like you know what i need to i, I need to change this so i whatever i do right now i do it in uh, in sous vide so Oh, Usually, okay. I kind of like go for um, filet mignon. Okay, tends to make everyone happy. Uh, yeah. I pair it with a nice sauce. 
So I just put my filet mignon the day before. Uh, I cook it overnight, and when when they're ready, I just take it out and same thing, put it on the grill. Uh, it's more out of conveniency than really like, just like the taste of it. But other than that, I, I really like to when I smoke and I I'm not under pressure. I like to do ribs. Ribs, so okay. Yeah, so like let's big ribs. <laughs> let's dive into that. So you going you going full style? Or you going baby back? Like what are you? Baby back, your, yeah. Baby yeah. back, okay. Are yeah. you a are you a dry smoked rib guy, or do you like to go mm-hmm. with the? Oh, so you go dry? You don't you don't glaze it with sauce? I I do glaze it because it's. I mean, I, I like both. Um, okay. I think the the kids prefer it with with the glaze. So yeah. So I like to do it at the end. I can like baste it just a couple, add a couple more hours on the grill, smoke it until I get that ring that you were talking about, and yeah. and then they, they just come out perfect, juicy, they melt in your mouth. I don't know if they would qualify for, you know. Uh, contest winners because I feel like they kind of like fall apart toward the end. <laughs> so I could work on the consistency, but they are good to me. <laughs> yeah, but people love that though. I mean, it, you know, so yes, if you're doing a competition style rib, it's not supposed to just disintegrate in your hands. It's supposed to have a little bit of, you know, tug and you're supposed to, you know, it's supposed to have the right amount of like it stays on the bone, but it's mm-hmm. tender when you bite it off. Whereas if, if you're just making them at home and you make them and literally like you hold up the bone and the meat falls off, you know, everybody else is like, oh, you know, it's so and it and it does it does taste good. Right. But you can like you can. I don't know. That's that's a that's a preference thing. My family was always really big on ribs growing up and they had this one style. My dad made this and makes this incredible barbecue sauce where he starts with like a really basic barbecue sauce from the grocery store and then adds all this stuff and glazes oh. the ribs with that. And it's outstanding. They're like sticky and sweet. And I've never seen anyone eat my dad's ribs and not just think they were fantastic. But, you know, it always it's also like he does it one very specific way. And so if I'm ever making ribs and I'm like, well, this time I wanted to try, they're like, what are you doing? You know, like, why are you make ribs? You know, so I it's very it's very preference laden. Like when you do these kinds of comfort foods, ribs is always a comfort food in our family. I sometimes like to do them without sauce because I think it highlights the, the seasoning and the rubs and the meat and everything. And, um, that's just not for some people. Every, every sort of region has their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I was so like, so when you said you were from California and it's just, it's such a joke about tri-tip, like when, when I was, you know, when I was running uh, our business, Proctor U, we had a big contingent of employees out in California, and that's all they mm-hmm. ever talked about was try. Oh, we're gonna do some tri tip this weekend, and we're gonna do, we're gonna, and barbecue out there meant f- grilling, right? Whereas in the South, if you say barbecue, there is like smoke is in slow cooking yeah. is is yeah. usually uh, and sauce and stuff, and you could say in California, you could say I'm barbecuing hamburgers or hot dogs and people would go, you know, in the South, you grill it anyway. It's just like it's a different in terminology, but everyone out there was always talking about tri-tip and if you just don't get tri-tip on this side of the country. In my opinion, you just don't see people do it. It's fantastic. I don't know why, um, but every, every sort of region kind of has this thing. And I guess that's a California thing. I would say it's a great cut of beef and super flavorful. I tried with, um, I, I would definitely recommend if you're going to try it the first time, I would go for um, um, Wagyu beef. I mean, they're oh. super affordable if you go Wagyu, and they're just amazing. It's yeah, like a perfect Wagyu. cut, you know, to uh, 
to smoke. I, I feel like it just like you know with that big rose, you got like some uneven parts, and it just it just comes out perfect. Yeah, I yo man, beef is good. So do you do you ever do chicken or or poultry or anything like that? I do. I'm, I mean, not not as much as I. I'm kind of still like trying to figure out what is the secret of poultry and and fish. I mean, I'm still like good with beef. I mean, ultimately, I'm trying my concept. I think there are so many great uh, great guys out there that are doing a great job with um, you know all these standard recipes. And so I've been trying. I've been trying to bring my international background to the to the cooking side. So I'm I've been trying you know some cooking some like Thai. Uh, skewers, uh, different different type of recipe that are more international. So, yes, I've been experimenting a lot with, you know. That's good. Now, I have I have learned by the way that when your first uh, when your first re- so it's now getting the pellets going again. So the first mm-hmm. thing you got to do when it's smoking like this, yeah, raise the lid, right? Because you don't want it to when it's reigniting itself. Actually, oh. the lid that smoke can ignite in a that's a PSA for for uh people using pellet smokers like so when they come and it's smoking like crazy like this if i was to leave that lid on it would blow that lid off in a second right when it oh, finally wow. yeah it would it would pop it open because the smoke will ignite look at look at look at all the smoke that's coming through here this is this is an all-timer of an episode right here we're getting into like crazy grill <laughs> I'm glad this happened on an episode where we were going to lean more into the cooking more than anything else. I think it's fine. Now it's ignited. I think it's finally going, which is fine. The smoke has died down and we can close the lid again. Oh, that's um, interesting. I didn't know. I thought there would be a chimney somewhere. When it's trying to ignite, um, those things start smoking. But if there's a big buildup of smoke and it ignites like in the little pot at the bottom, all of that, all of the particles in that smoke will ignite for a second. And it'll just create like a, right? You know, oh, I see. You got to be careful. But if you leave the lid open, you're all good. Um, now, uh, here's what I would love, right? So I would love to share a quick how-to on poultry with you because that's like one of my go-to things here in the South. But before I do that, I want you to tell me, because I don't know jack about making a good tri-tip, if how what what is how do I need to prepare it, season it, and how do what sauce do I serve it with? Because you said you had a sauce that was a kind of a go-to thing. Well, I mean, I mean, I think it depends for the tri tip. So here's here's how I make it. So first, okay. I, I think, and my dad always was telling me it's uh, the secret of a good recipe. It's eighty percent the ingredient, and then twenty percent the technique. So. So I try as much as possible to get either a tri-dip swagyu or one that has uh, the, the, the fat cap on top. Yep. And a lot of people don't go for it. Uh, they're trimming it and they're just putting it on the grill. If you're going to be smoking it, I guess it makes sense. But I like to keep that, uh, that fat cap on. And then I put in the in sous vide. I usually just, I, I just put, season it with plain basic salt and pepper. And I add maybe, you know thyme or rosemary whatever kind of like herb you like and i just leave it there at 130 for 24 hours i take it out and then i remove the fat cap because oh, otherwise okay. when i put it on the grill i get those flares up, flare up so oh, i guess yeah. it's not too much of a problem if you if you have a santa maria grill or anything that you know has an adjustable um you know level for grilling but i don't i just have like a plain <laughs> grill so i usually trim the fat cap and um and then i kind of like reapply another layer of seasoning underneath uh just so it's evenly seasoned and then i put it on the grill and i sear it and this sear doesn't even last really long it's like 
you know, I don't know, whatever, depending on how, how grilled you like it and how yeah. hot is your grill. I mean, it could be like up to three minutes, three, four minutes uh, until I get like a nice crust on top. What are you and seasoning it with? Uh, just salt and pepper. Wow. Yeah, I usually after the... Um, I, not a lot of people do that, but I, it, to me, that it has made the most sense. And at first it was like very counterintuitive. So, but I just take it out of the sous vide bath and I rinse it. I remove all the seasoning. I put it underneath the sink and I just rinse it completely. I trim the fat off. It usually, if you cook it overnight like that, it just like falls off on its own. So it's really not hard. It's just kind of like a little layer of silver skin that you need to kind of like trim. Um, and then once it's completely clean and nicely rinsed, I just reapply like a little bit of salt and pepper. I don't put herbs at this point because the the, the aroma from the herbs has, has penetrated the meat during the sous vide. And, and on top of it, oh. you just put any thyme or anything like that and you put it in the grill, it's going to burn the, the herbs. So I, I just keep it with plain salt and pepper, a little bit of oil, and then I just put it in the grill. I try it also with... Um, mayo before i put the, the seasoning oh. which i i think add really a good uh like flavor on top but my wife doesn't like it she thinks it's a little too um greasy so i guess it's something you know i mean it, it works for me so i guess it depends on people and taste but that's that's a good experiment to do okay. also on occasion and uh and i just serve it like that and uh, i just kind of like slice it and like thin slices and and it it just melts in your mouth so it's perfect but um when that's really good sauce, <laughs> no no I, okay so that's what i was fixing to hit you with i want the sauce what is the sauce i i, I do a chimichurri sauce uh i i think okay. it kind of like it pairs up really well because you have that acid based salt uh sauce which pairs with like that kind of like more bold and and oily uh piece of meat that pairs really well I also try to make, you know, different type of sauce, which go really well as well. But then it's, again, it's just a question of taste. Uh, I do like a luchi sauce sometimes or um, pepper sauce, like different kind of sauce and it goes with. But chimichurri is, I think, is what, what pairs the, the best so far. Chimichurri. Okay. And so that's, so the official grill culture tri-tip, that's, you have it right there. So I, and. I mean, I love it. Slice it. Do you serve it on sandwiches or you just kind of serve it like it is? No, I just serve it like it is. Yeah. I mean, you can have it with sandwiches. Um, I just like in my family, no, we're not really big in sand into sandwiches, but it's, it's good too. <laughs> That's good. So, okay. So the, so the official slow smoke business chicken, if you want to, if you want a chicken recipe, uh -huh. this is, this is the go-to I've never, I don't think I've ever had a chance to share this on the show. Maybe I have, but it it's so it's so easy right so you the best thing to do in my opinion is to get a whole they call them whole fryer chickens or basically just a whole chicken right the kind that you would get and you would see them rotisserie it but you get it raw right mm -hmm. and make sure you, you when you kind of clean it out you go in sometimes they have the bag of like you know the the giblets or whatever you want to call it and you throw that away you're not going to use that and then um kind of I usually like to wash it off a little bit with some water and then season it with some, I mean really any kind of rub for me I like a sweet rub so anything with um, and you can even make your own some sugar brown sugar you know maybe a little paprika some garlic um, maybe some pepper some things but but there's like literally a million different 
types of seasonings that you can do. Meat Church has got a lot of great ones. Obviously, this maple bourbon one I just talked about would be a great one on chicken. Um, season it however you want it. Put it on the grill, get you uh, something where you can measure the temperature, and you want to get it up to, I think it's 165, right? And you want to try to make sure you're getting deep enough in there because poultry is a safety issue. You got to make sure you get that up to temperature. Can't serve it raw or rare. Um, but what you're really trying to go for, you put you put your whatever you're cooking it on, you know, you want to try to put it on a, um, a lower type temperature, I think, if you're smoking because you can get more smoke over the meat. But you're really looking the best is if you can crisp up that skin of the chicken on the outside. You don't want it to be wet and pliable. You want it to be kind of crispy. And that's probably one of the best, most delicious parts of that chicken. Once you finally got that off of there, you take it off, you, you know, cut it. The breast is going to be great and nice and juicy, the good white meat. Of course, the dark meat's really good, too. But you want to try to pair that with an Alabama white barbecue sauce, which is always my, like, go-to thing I'm advocating for people. I, didn't, I grew up in Florida, so I knew nothing about white barbecue sauce until I moved to Alabama. It's a mayonnaise-based barbecue sauce it's like mayonnaise and cider vinegar and several other things to sweeten it and spice it up it's outstanding uh and it goes extremely well with with grilled and smoked poultry well i, I totally have to try that so that sauce is, is like a you make it at home or is it something i've never seen that sauce at the at the store yeah you don't and most of the store-bought ones that i've had were man they were okay um but yes, it, you can you can make it at home. It's super easy. You don't even have you don't have to cook it or anything. It's mostly mayonnaise, cider vinegar, and then there's any number of everybody's got their own version of it. So you know you can Google. I have one. Um, I should put it on social media. I have one that's kind of my go-to. It's got a little bit of um, you know actually I mix it up a lot of times. But it's really about putting just a little bit of cayenne in it. Just a, you don't want to make it you don't want to make it spicy. You just want it to kind of have some depth to it right but it's it's mayonnaise cider vinegar and uh sugar to sweeten it and then you kind of have some different things but that the creamy and and sort of acidity of that sauce paired with um you know a well-smoked piece of poultry it's okay on red meat but really on poultry there's something about the way that tastes um and because it's mayonnaise based, you don't put it on really until right before you eat it. So you wouldn't you wouldn't baste it on there and cook it because it's mayonnaise. It'll it'll do what you just said. It'll just kind of melt, you know, render into like a greasy consistency. So you want to put it on right before you bite into it. So do you do you dry do you brine it before? You can, of course, you brine turkeys all the time. Um, I don't. I I don't really. Um, I've never brined a chicken. I know people do that. Um, but to me, as long as you um, season something really well, a chicken's not that big of a piece of meat. So if you season something, a lot of that flavor is, and the smoke is going to penetrate pretty deeply into the chicken because it's not that big. Um, but you certainly can brine it. you got to be careful brining and then seasoning and then because you can get something a little too salty or a little too much but from my perspective like the flavor comes from the smoke the outside seasoning and the sauce that you put over it yeah yeah i know that makes sense that makes sense well i'll definitely try it out <laughs> and i'm gonna try the tri-tip too which is like i gotta <laughs> i gotta uh i gotta step my game up which and you know let's check on the uh let's check on how we're doing here now that we've we've kind of come back from our error 
the Bacanya is not that far from the tri-tip. I'm not. It's it's the sirloin cap, as they call it. I'm not exactly sure what part. What part of the beef is? What part of the cow is tri-tip? Do we know? Oh, I'm sure that tri -tip, I tri-tip. It's um. I think it's closer to the bottom part, like closer to the sirloin. If my memory is correct, I might be wrong. So <laughs> don't yeah, put I me think, on that. Uh, I think uh, I think we might be right. Let's let's cut into this and see how we do. See how we did. Terry, are you? Uh, you're gonna be nice to me, right? If I if I cut into this and it doesn't <laughs> like we had an error on my grill right in front of Grill Culture himself. That's rough. But take a look. I don't know if you can see that on the. Hey, it looks good, nice, right? though. Are you yeah, serving? Nice. Are you are you serving it as a steak or as a as a roast like that? I think I'm gonna serve it as a roast, right? I'm gonna. Oh, I'm actually gotcha. gonna just kind of saw into it and try a couple of pieces, and then this would be good on like sandwiches or something like that. And I see it on, so on your well. grill. Can you uh, can you sear something on your grill? Yeah, this, it depends on which one you get. Um, I also off camera. I also have a um, stainless steel cooktop too. So gotcha. a lot of times I'll smoke something over there and then get that really really hot on the cooktop and then just you know real quick on that. And that's always been that's a lot of fun. Kids love that. You can. I'm still trying to you know work on my hibachi skills. Uh, Okay, this isn't. So how does it look? I don't know. Let's take a. That's pretty cooked. Get a little shot there. Nice. Nice, yeah. Kind of smoke ring to it. Let's see how we did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's only nine forty-one, but you're making me want to have a steak right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. It's it's lunchtime here, baby. So we um, I actually put the um. You know, that maple bourbon on it, which is nice and sweet. And that married really, really well with the um, with the salty, um, you know, other seasoning I put on it, the AP stuff, which is mostly like a brisket seasoning. Man, that, that turned out awesome. <laughs> what are you cooking, Terry? Well, today, like I said, I, I'm actually I'm, I'm making picanha for Christmas. <laughs> I got uh, really? two tri-tip and one picanha, so it's gonna be. Uh, we have a big crowd here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be cooking that this Christmas. Today I just do tri-tip. My my parents are in town, so it's their favorite. <laughs> How are you? Um, does does tri-tip and picanha cook very differently, or no? I just do the same thing with the the picanha. The first time I tried the picanha, it's it, the flares just kind of like burned the whole thing. Oh yeah. And I I sliced. I couldn't cook it at the as a steak, so I. I tried to sous vide it, and then I just put it in the skewers, and uh, and just like that fat cap was just was just too um, too too much for the too grill. Intense, yeah. You go so, fat side. You go fat side up or down when you put it on the grill. Oh, it's on the side because I slice it on steak, so oh. I kind of like I make it the the Brazilian way. <clears throat> so so it's kind of like on the skewers on the side, but it always leaks. You know, the fat just kind of like falls off. So since I started trimming the fat off. It's really nice because you get that nice sear all the way around uh, on the on the meat, so it comes out really good. What is your what's your goal with grill culture? Obviously, you've got some cool stuff on there. You've got a bunch of recipes that I've seen that I want to dive in and try. What is your what is your like ultimate goal with grill culture? Well, you know what. <clears throat> when I started grill culture, there was more um, for me to get some sort of like a creative outlet. Um, you know, when my second uh, child, my son, was born, 
um, there was not really much that I was doing. So I, I got really much more into the cooking. There was no more like, you know, long hikes or anything like that. So I just stayed at home and uh, my wife and I just got into cooking and um, I, I kind of like share. I like sharing that. That's that's, you know, my weekend thing. I like to make my little videos. It's kind of like a moment to myself, you know, with the grill. Gives me an excuse to tell my wife that I have to be by myself there. <laughs> so, I get a little moment on my own. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I just like sharing it and I like to bring that international thing. I, I found that uh, it, it's just always the same kind of recipe that seemed to be coming back. So I figure, you know what, I'm going to take a tagine and I'm going to kind of like try to adapt it for the grill. Not that anyone out there probably want to make a tagine on the grill, <laughs> but I thought, you know, you have so many amazing recipes in Asia, in, in Europe, in, in America. Let's just kind of like, you know, adapt all of these for the grill. What, and, and you said um, that was a tagine? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. So my, my family is, um, my mom is, uh, is Moroccan. Okay. So growing up, she would all make, make those keftas, those tagines. And um, and it was always amazing, but that these are usually made in a certain way. Uh, you put it in the oven or something. And I was like, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if you kind of like take that recipe of tagine with the seasoning and kind of like adapt it, so you can put it on the grill and make an sure. amazing kind of like stew or something with that type of seasoning. I'm not sure I know what I know what kafta is, but I'm not sure I know what tagine is. I know there are a lot of those recipes that are. That are completely unknown. So, but I, this is how I started to experiment. This is how I turned it into a fun journey. <laughs> I like to call it my journey around the, my culinary journey around the world. And um, and and I was like, you know, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Aaron Franklin. Like, I was like, I mean, his brisket is just so amazing. It's like, what what else do you need to bring there? <laughs> like, that's it. And right. then you have so many others that have that. So I was like, I'm I'm definitely not gonna. This is not what I'm gonna bring. Uh, uh, but but then you know some of my friends were like you know what we're kind of like bored to make all these same things and then they tried my recipe and like oh you know can you send me the recipe I'll definitely try that I have some friends come over this weekend and it started with like a basic like skewer recipe and then it turns into something else and then I was like wow that this, I think this is this is what makes it fun you know try these new recipes so that's how I got into it so ideally it'd be nice to have a community of people who are sharing you know, their recipes from all around the world and we can just try it out. <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting. I love your take on you're not trying to do the same thing everybody else is doing. And I agree with you. Aaron, Aaron Franklin, probably the king of brisket, certainly right now. is like the guy that everybody turns to. There's probably 20 people behind him that are better at cooking that particular meat in that mm -hmm. style than I could ever dream of being myself, right? So why would you try to like even get in that conversation, right? Kind of you know, blaze your own trail. I totally agree. Like, I think that's a, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool way to approach it. So is there something you have not yet tried on grill culture that you're excited you're, you're trying to work into the future? Well, the, my challenge actually for this, uh, this, uh, this break is to, uh, to, I mean, it's been raining, so I haven't really been able to be outside. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I'm going to try, uh, a Mediterranean roasted chicken, and I have a Serbian stew that I'm working on. <clears throat> so those are the Whoa. big things. And and I'm going to try with my mom that tagine. <laughs> that's that's we'll really, see. really cool. Well, so Terry, tell us where we can find Grill Culture. Obviously, we can find it on YouTube. Is it anywhere else? 
Uh, well, I have my blog, realculture.com, and um, I'm, I'm on, you know, all main social media, so um, mainly on Facebook and uh, Instagram. So we're the ones that, uh, I just took my personal account, turned it into a, a grill culture account. So that's, that worked out. That's so cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's really cool. Well, everybody go check out grill culture on YouTube and everywhere else. Uh, Terry Oliva is a delight. He's teaching me all sorts of stuff. He's very kind at me having uh, a grill malfunction out here right on the middle of the show. So I, oh, <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, it would be hey, barbecuing if you didn't have a malfunction at some point. That's right. Something, <laughs> something always happens. And I'm glad it happened with you because you understand that. <laughs> Guys, go check out Grill Culture. Thank you so much. If you found a recipe or a technique on here that you thought was valuable and you think somebody else would enjoy it, please would you send that to that person. And make sure you like us and follow us everywhere. Follow us on social media. Give us a five-star review. Whatever it is, please support the show. And we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business. Thank you.